word. Thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. Thank you for the privilege of, of uh, having faith in your word, embracing your word as our own, that we are people who walk by faith and not by sight. And we thank you for the privilege. We thank you for the opportunity. We thank you for um, giving us everything, Lord, giving us of yourself and everything that we need to possess for success in this life and in the life to come, eternal life. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So uh, last Sunday we were talking about the, uh, to uh, instructing you to help yourself to as much faith in God as you desire. You can have as much faith in God as you want. So I really want us to get beyond the level of thinking that we're lacking in anything. Because if you will use what faith you have, God will add to it. And he will increase it and he works with us so that what whatever is needed, we have what we need to meet his requirement for these things to be released to us in the earth. We talked about faith having different components. We know that faith is needed to possess things, but faith is also needed to maintain situations. And so I think what God does with us is he uh, endeavors to prepare us fully for the life of faith that we are are desiring to live so he doesn't want us for instance i've seen people receive things by faith and then and then once they come in their possession because they probably get excited about it or or uh lose that footing in god somehow uh the things that they have acquired uh slip from their possession simply because they are not as prepared as they could be to hold on to things holding on is a very important aspect of faith you need faith to hold on to possess maintain manage all of that and so so God wants us to do it all by trusting him and having faith in him and not being upset when these things when the enemy starts to disturb our security in these areas and so uh, faith then he says we walk by faith and not by sight we live the just shall live by faith so this means that faith should be thought of as something that we need on an everyday basis and not just when we think we need something and you know we take it out like a you know like a, a relic or something like that and dust it off when we have a need we're to live by faith every day and so uh, there are times when our faith will be challenged what I by what I call minor <coughs> things in life you know for instance a uh, uh, a uh, an appliance that may be starting to lose power or quit working or something like that or you know I use my faith with light bulbs that flicker and I'll speak to them and command them to have more life in Jesus name last a little longer you know that kind of thing and so those are ways that I I use to kind of like keep my faith sharpened and not let it get weakened by living in the natural you know too much natural living uh, is not good for us so we are to live by 
by faith on a continual basis. And so, you know, these are things that you'll find you'll do. The uh, Holy Spirit will move on you to speak to things in your environment or or uh, trust God in certain things where you might usually say immediately run to the doctor, immediately take a, a pill for a headache or something. Uh, you just thank your thank God that you're healed. And, and when that pain dissipates, then you your faith has grown. You've used your faith for something. So those things are really, really important to us and they're important to God. I think he smiles when he sees us prophesying. He smiles when he sees us uh, speaking to, to things because we're using our faith. Now there are some people who try this because they're afraid of what it's going to cost to and that's not faith, folks. It's, you know, that's retarded a little bit. You know, you, you have to understand that you have a confidence in God to take care of it one way or the other. If it takes money, God will take care of it. So you don't use your faith because you're trying to be cheap. You use your faith because you trust God. And there's a difference. There's a great difference. Uh, people who trust God understand that God will take care of them no matter what the cost of something is. He will always take care of them. Uh, I remember uh, in uh, talking with uh, somebody in, you know, uh, years ago, I had a situation that came up in an apartment building that I was a co-owner with several people in. Every, every, Every person owned their own suite in the building, but we were all co-owners of the property in general. So that meant you had to work together on some things and over the years after we had moved out and, and other people had moved in and all that kind of thing they had gotten behind in some of the bills and all this kind of stuff and, and uh, I told you the story before there was a, a lady in there that owned two apartments and uh, she thought she'd take everybody to court and evict them and she was the most arrears of anybody you know in the building and all this kind of stuff and we went down to court and all that and all that and for a long time I kept questioning God you know why am I sitting here I'm not I don't want to do this you know and I was crabbing about the parking cost $12 and all that kind of stuff and I just you know how it is when you get around around uh, the justice system it's expensive so if they can stick you with $12 parking they'll stick you with $12 parking you know they don't care Aunt Deweese used to you know y'all know she carries a gun she don't have a permit to carry nothing Dewey's been carrying a gun forever. She would go down the justice center. Now she worked in some some kind of had some kind of job that you know she had to go down there periodically. I don't know what it was for, but she would hide her gun in a planter <laughs> on the outside of the justice. Yes, it's a whole different story. But anyway, I don't know how I got over. I just thought about her when I thought about the justice center. But anyway, <laughs> she got her gun sitting over in a planter down there. And she go and pick it up when she came out, you know, because the alarms will go off if you go through the thing. So it's too much. But anyway, <laughs> I was having to go down there for the longest time. I questioned why God had me down there. And, and then some years since, I kind of had a chance to reflect on it after I wasn't so appalled and insulted. <laughs> I felt my dignity was taken away from me, blah, blah, blah. But uh, there was a, a lady there. Her name was Lou, uh, for Marie. She was another owner in the building. And uh, she um, 
had always been a woman that had worked in professional kinds of jobs like she would always be one of the first black women to one thing or another she had her own insurance agency at one time and she was uh you know really big in sales and and just always had a lifestyle that was you know above average you know what i'm saying it just just always carried herself in such a way she was always polite and friendly and kind and respectful to people and you know she was what we would call old school uh you know semi bourgeois you know that kind of thing but but you know what i'm saying that she carried herself in that way and uh she was uh, receiving social security and she had, she really had a lot of difficulty health wise uh all her life but in later years it really was taking its toll on her and she needed to move out you know and she knew it and she, but she didn't want to give up the apartment because she had a lot of very very nice uh things in there and she was accustomed to living that way and so it was kind of a drain on both of our dignities i guess <laughs> be there i'm a child of god you know and she said i'm a semi you know and I'm down here it's all but you know it humbled both of us and and when we lived in the apartment together we weren't like you know like that we weren't very close but uh, God kind of drew us closer and I would always invite her she was asthmatic and and it was kind of taking a toll on her health and I would always invite her to church and I would pray for her and give her different things and and uh, a couple of times she they the court had ordered us to pay a certain amounts into into paying off these bills that had mounted up and she was uh, very concerned about it because she was receiving social security and she had been a business person and didn't have like employment anywhere where she could get a retirement and so her funds were extremely limited and i remember her telling i remember telling her one time we were sitting in the car and she was so nervous and worried and i said you know what marie i said remember that old aubrey that husband of mine remember how tight he was i said girl he left me some money we go spend it and she kind of brightened up you know because she you know you couldn't go to her with a a i feel sorry for you kind of at you understand what i'm saying you kind of know these things in god and i told her i said listen marie don't worry about nothing i said if if you are short i said let me know i said and we'll take care of it together and she she just broke down and cried she said she said i just love you so much and she kissed my hand and i thought to myself i said god i said this lady is is in and she was reaching out the only way she knew how and just revealing to me that she was concerned about it and and you know that kind of thing and so uh you know and i was glad god moved on me not to hesitate about these things you know and just let her know and in that in that confidence that god gave me her faith was boosted and see this is the other benefit to being around faith people that there is a corporate blessing in faith being around people who have faith that overflow should fall on you and increase your faith and put your mind at ease that you don't worry about things and you're not concerned about things and you're not and I said Marie you're going to stay in this building until you are ready to move I said nobody's going to put anybody out of any anything and uh, you know we were laughing she said that 
what, Aubrey? I'm telling you. And I said, girl, if he found out we were spending his money, giving it to the court people, I said, he would just, you know, that kind of thing. And so, and it helped me too, uh, because it helped me to get over some grief and, you know, that kind of thing. So we just kind of shared a good laugh. <clears throat> And went on from there. But I believe those seeds of faith that we shared because she had a need were, were good seeds because she was able to get healed. She was able, she came to church and she would worship with us and she, uh, you know, started reading the healing devotionals and she would tell me things. She said, now I'm reading my devotions. I just love that. She said, I read it at night before I go to bed. She said, and it just gives me such a peaceful sleep. And so I thought, think about her off and on because after that, well, the building was sold and we, everybody moved out. She moved out. She got into a nice assisted living place and so she's looking real comfortable there and so I thought about her uh, this past summer and I I called her and she was still there still doing well she said well my health isn't what it needs to be I said you guys still got your book she said you know what she said I'm gonna take them back out again she said I'm glad you called me uh, to let me know that you know she said I, I I need to do that she said I'm gonna do it and so I told her I said well Marie I said guess what I said we sell chicken dinners I said I got the biggest chicken dinner sandwich you ever seen in your life I said I'll send you one I said can I bless you with a chicken sandwich and so it was good to make contact with her and revive her faith again see these things we we look at things sometimes not with God's eyes and see what God's doing in them but these small things like this, these small encounters with people where you share faith in God, you share confidence in God, you share God's plan, you share things that God has put inside of you. When they come out, they produce such great things in some people's lives. You just never know. And so God finally put me at peace about <clears throat> that time and I thought to myself I said well God you know did it take that for me to reach this lady and the more I think about it the more I'm saying this is the way that he does things this is the way that he works with us and this is the way that he has us minister to one another sharing faith sharing opportunity sharing things sharing ability sharing this sharing that all of these things are extremely important for us folks to understand the life of faith and how God wants us to have as much faith in him as we ever want to have see those things will carry people through illness it'll carry people through and she said several times she almost passed away when she went to the hospital you know with these asthmatic attacks and so forth and so she's been very very close to get to death but God see God keeps her alive and he has a plan to keep her alive amen and so if that means hauling some of his kids down to a court system it was going to come anyway you know what I'm saying these people in that building weren't going to rest until they made a move but still, God can work everything out for our good. So that's the power of faith, folks. That's how faith gets transferred to people. We don't have to be preachy. We don't have to give sermons necessarily. Uh, if the door opens for that, that's fine. But just sharing common concerns with people. When you find somebody who needs God, you just share a common testimony. Share something that you know about God. Share how he's helped you, that kind of thing. Uh, when, when we start getting preachy, and distant that's when we lose people
You know what I'm saying? You start speaking like you've got it all together. And you, you know, that's why the world doesn't respond too well sometimes. They're so accustomed to Christians coming off kind of judgmental and heavy handed. But you just get down where they are, live where they live, and, and bring Christ to them and then let him lift everybody up out of the situation. So so anyway, that's that's how that's one of the, the the ways that faith gets shared. It's it's demonstrated and then it falls on everybody in the situation. It's a wonderful thing. So we were talking last time in Mark eleven verse twenty to verses twenty to twenty six, we talked about how we must have faith in God. In Mark eleven Start in verse 20. And this is a story about the fig tree that Jesus cursed the day before. The disciples marveled that it was withered so quickly. It was already withered away the next day. And they commented about it. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. That's in verse 22. And he goes on to say, whosoever shall say to this mountain be removed. In other words, not only will you cause things that, that are not producing to be removed, but also you can get mountains that stand in your way. Of being productive to be removed to. So we're talking here about obstacles. We're talking here about uh, things that, that aren't obeying the word of God in other words that fig tree didn't produce God despises that which does not produce but as far as humans go he can make us productive through the new birth so if that fig tree represents a a person that's not being productive in God God has a remedy for that he will curse that part of the person that doesn't produce but he will raise up that spirit in resurrection life and power so he will cause that person to be productive as far as spiritual things are concerned when we see situations like this where where say for instance if someone has cancer and we curse the cancer at the root bless you that's where that that term came from was from this story uh, where uh, brother Hagen would would always attack cancers that way he would always attack illness that way he would curse the root of it so that it didn't have a chance to grow again and so he's got very very many documented cases of people who had cancer once it never came back again uh, because it was cursed at the root and so uh, the Bible also says that God lays the axe to the root of the tree when we're born again and so that part of us that used to produce sin and unrighteousness that root has been cut down and what we have now is a withering uh, a, a, a very weak life force in us that wants to produce things that don't agree with God's word Never believe that you can't overcome something that's detrimental to you. Because that thing is so weakened now. Because it's cursed at the root. And what you have is a little bit of a withering dying plant left. You know. It's like if you keep feeding it, it seems to have life. But if you stop feeding it, it'll continue to wither. And so when you stand in righteousness, that thing withers more and more. But if you get over in the flesh and you start feeding it, it seems to have life in it. But that life force is very weakened in comparison. 
got me it's like a plant that you have control over you can pull that thing out of there if you refuse to feed it anything it will die and so it's the same thing with with the things that 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 we carry that are not of god if we quit feeding them they'll continue to die many of you know that from experience you know, if you uh, had a weakness, some sometimes young people, you know, if they lived a wild life with, with drugs and stuff like that, if they quit going around the druggies, they quit feeding that root, and that thing will wither and die. And, and pretty soon, they've been 10 years and haven't even thought about drugs because they refuse to feed the, the last living vestige of it. You know, there's really no power to it against us anymore because righteousness is more powerful than iniquity. And so we have to understand that when we stand with the greater one and we stand with the stronger force and we, we feed the stronger part of us, that part of us will begin to grow and take over and be stronger. And so that's what Jesus was demonstrating to his disciples. He said that if you put your faith in God, not only will you be able to see evil wither before your eyes but you'll also be able to see great forces that would stand in the way of godliness to be removed never to come back again you know uh, for for uh, about i guess maybe 10 or 12 years hitler had everybody scared he almost had the whole world afraid of him and you know after a while he was no more it's like everything else that stands in the way of righteousness you know if God can get righteous people to stand up against it it will be no more and so we have to believe that and that's what he's preaching here he also in verse 25 gives us the conditions for this to, to happen that we if we cannot stand if we have any unrighteousness still pervading in us so he says the the answer for that simply is to forgive if you have anything against anybody and that way you speak from a pure heart so that your words are full of the purity and the holiness of God and there is no stopping a holy people there's no stopping a righteous people there's no law against righteousness so there's nothing to stop it so he's giving us the keys for how to put our faith and confidence in God and how to stand in these situations and stand fully and victoriously the way he wants us to do so these are individual decisions that we make as sons and daughters of God. We make these decisions on an individual basis. So your, your results in God don't depend on who's sitting next to you in church. They don't depend on any preacher on TV and what they tell you you can't and cannot do. It depends on how you relate to God. And this is a personal relationship and a personal righteousness that he imputes to us. So we talked about Abraham a little bit and how his faith was counted to him as righteousness it was to to count also means to impute but we said in the old covenant it was a little different it wasn't a permanent impartation it wasn't a permanent endowment we even talked about the way the word uh, counted is interpreted it, it's something that's braided or woven in or fabricated so it's kind of a put together thing where God helps them to always stay in right standing with him. He, he works from the outside to help them with the things that guide them on the inside. With the new covenant, we, he works from the inside and he's there with us on a permanent 
basis. He can nudge us and get us to obey. He can nudge us and get us to not go this way. He can nudge us and get us to think differently about things, all that stuff, uh, because of the new birth. So it, it has that difference in us. But at any rate, Abraham was able to do great things because of his faith in God. He was able to call those things that be not as though they are. Which is a wonderful thing. Uh, because that's one of the impartations that we have as believers under the new covenant. We have the authority when our faith is at that level to call those things that be not as though they are. And do it in full assurance of faith that God will give us what we say. We can have what we say through faith in God. So we were going through a couple of examples. Uh, we went through the example of, let me see, who did we do first? We had some examples in Matthew chapter 8, I think it was. I think this is the one, was this the one with the, uh, yeah, that was the first one we did. Matthew. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I see. I had number three. Number one was Abraham, so we went with that. In the case of the centurion, because Jesus is introducing the laws of God's kingdom here, you see some aspects of the old covenant and then some of the new. It's a time of of, uh, his preaching faith in God's kingdom. This kingdom has not been finalized yet because he has not been given the name that's above every name. That's kind of the crowning that he had to receive before this could be released to the church and he could form the church. But he's getting there. And so you'll see a lot of similarities in in his um, the way he deals with things. That we have in the new covenant uh, with Christ living in us the hope of glory. And so in Matthew 8 uh, in verse 5 this gentleman the centurion comes to Christ and he asks him if he will come to his house and heal his daughter. That's where his faith the spirit of faith is telling him that. Now why would the spirit of faith tell him that? That's because that's what he's seen. You know the the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy and so this spirit is beginning to speak to him in his spirit based on what he has seen. I can remember recall different testimonies that we have heard and they have been given and when you step into that place where you need that result it happens almost word for word the way it was spoken to you. It becomes a vision on the inside of you and it will come to pass just like you saw it. And so this this centurion has this vision inside of him put in him, him by his faith in God. He's put all his trust over in God. And so he's asking Jesus in verse 5. He says, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. Oh, okay. This is the sick one with the sick servant. Okay. Um, let me just give you an overview of that one, okay? Because the other one I wanted was the drop down in 2143 about the dead daughter. Okay. So anyway, in this one, this man is saying if, if he says he says um in verse 5 he says my servant is sick and Jesus says I will come and heal him. 
so this man really doesn't have anything in his mind condition wise he just knows Jesus will give the results so there's no condition set up on the inside of him for how there's no scenario as to how this is going to work trust me God can work any kind of way our faith says it's going to happen that faith is an imprint on the inside of you that takes a snapshot of what you desire from God. So faith really paints the picture of what you are going to expect from God. And then when you ask God for what you want, you ask him according to what your faith tells you is supposed to happen for you. And it will happen for you that way. It's not about copying what somebody else said or memorizing what somebody tells you to do it's really about putting your trust in God based on what you know about him and then God will perform according to as you ask that's why Jesus says according to your faith be it unto you and so he says <clears throat> he says I will come and heal him centurion answered and said lord i'm not worthy that you should come under my roof now this is something that was common with non-israelites this issue of worthiness israelites thought they were worthy just they just didn't want what jesus had you got me and so you'll find both types in the church You'll find these people who, oh God, he'll do anything for me. I'm a child of God. This kind of thing, that kind of self-righteous kind of thing that bypasses faith. Then you get the kind that, that know their, you know, what they did last night or this morning or whatever, whatever, whatever. Or they're not saved or they're thinking about getting saved or something like that. And then they have the opposite problem of worthiness. One feels he's too worthy. He ain't going to get it. And the unworthy one is not going to get it if that worthiness becomes an issue so this this centurion because he's a roman and they're pagans he knows that his house is not a house that's dedicated to god it's not honoring god he just doesn't feel comfortable asking the lord to come under his roof so he says this he says but see there's always when 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 you can add a but to your unworthy you can probably get in there some kind of way because Jesus will look for that exception for you he'll look for that to feed your faith the reason Jesus commends this man's faith is because Jesus didn't have to work with him to get him there he does it doesn't matter to him if he's got to work with you to get you there he'll get you there but he commends this man's faith because he says man this man's a meditator he's been thinking about this I like this guy see so he says I'm a man under authority he said if you just speak the word my servant will be healed he said and I'm saying this based on the fact that my experience is whatever your experience is he'll work with it this is the amazing thing about God he won't push you so far out on a limb that you can't be in faith he'll work with you based on what your experience is and so this man had thought this through and meditated on it and finally got peace about this whole situation through the Holy Ghost he'd been thinking in the spirit and came to the conclusion that this man works by authority I've seen how this thing operates people think it's the touch sometimes it's a touch but I know it's the word too yes. and we know that the word and the spirit agree 
So he figured if he can get Jesus to do one or the other, he'd get what he needed. And so he saw how the power followed the word and the power followed the touch. And he figured it out. And he says, you know what? He says, and it, he did it not for something for himself, but he did it for his servant. Loved his servant. And when God sees that heart reaching out in love like that, because faith works by love, he was able to, to grant this man what he desired. And so Jesus, when he heard that man say, he marveled and he said, truly, I tell you, I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. So he says all the Israel Israelites are self-righteous and they think they don't need me. And here's a man that's a total heathen and he's figured it out. And he understands that I love his servant and I will come and heal his servant. I'll just speak the word. And so it says, he says to him that uh, the servant then in verse 13 was healed from that selfsame hour. In the same hour that this man was speaking to Jesus, the servant was immediately healed. You got me? And so that servant believed that that just that word alone would release his servant from, from sickness. And so we see having as much faith in God as you want to have. If you, if you don't have the faith for Jesus to come to your house, if that makes you nervous, ask him to speak the word. But trust God. Put your faith in God and have as much faith in God as you desire to have so that he can do great things for you. He can do miraculous things for you. So the next one we have, a drop down to verse 21. He says, another of this, uh, uh, um, let me see. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark 5, 21. Not Matthew, it's Mark. And Mark 5. Yeah, verse 21. Jesus passed over again to the other side, and many people gathered unto him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue. Now here, these are the people who uh, don't have such great faith. You know what I'm saying? He's looking for faith in Israel. He finds very little. Jairus is his name. When he saw him, fell at his feet, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. So this is the scenario that's in his mind in his heart he says if you come to my house and lay hands on her she will be healed so he considers himself worthy of that got me the first guy wasn't worthy for him to come this guy feels worthy so the worthy aspect is not the problem with him but his faith has another problem which we'll find out and so when when your faith begins to short out and be conditional and and have some glitches to it Jesus has to strengthen it and get you to understand that you can have as much faith in God as you need see you can't limit him to just a certain time and a certain place and if it doesn't happen you quit this is how people will go to one Benny Hinn meeting and go home and die. Because they don't understand that they could have more faith in God. If it, there wasn't, the conditions weren't right the first time they went and sat in under that word. I mean, just sitting in that atmosphere, man, that'll, that'll cure a lot of stuff. You know, if, if you focus on... 
what God's doing and you focus on worship God and, and all that kind of stuff that'll help you a great deal I know people that come in there even if you go home and you didn't get totally healed at least you're feeling more encouraged about yourself than you were when you came in I mean to me get what you can get get what your faith will bring to you instead of looking for God to do one thing give him one chance to do one thing and if that doesn't happen you're done with it you got me and so we we really have to extend our faith a little bit more and that's what Jesus tries to do with us he will you see him working with these people and they don't quite get it and, and all this kind of stuff he's working with them to let them know you can help yourself to more faith don't just go home empty handed because you thought you had to like, like this was some test and if you didn't pass it to get a hundred the first time you're disqualified. That's not what faith is at all. Faith is is the free gift of God. My goodness, how how much more can we 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 understand that God wants to help our faith? You know, the the guy with the the kid with the seizures. I believe God, but I got some under, I got to confess, I got, but you can help it. Please help my unbelief. You know, don't go away empty handed. In other words, none of these people went away empty handed. They stayed there until they got what they desired. And Jesus saw them. When he sees you standing, he must come to increase your faith. He must do it. He must respond that way. So anyway, uh, this guy's asking them, he's got conditions here. I'm worthy. Come to my house. I'm a Jew. I'm entitled. You know. The entitlement mentality has got to give way to humility at some point. See that that's got to go. You see people that came like the lady with the daughter and you know Jesus help me my daughter's grievously tormented and vexed feel sorry for me I got to take care of the sick kid and she's wearing me out I've had enough of this you know do something for me take her and Jesus works with this lady he gets that gets her to get humble and and you know come to God based on on respect and in understanding let some love for the daughter come out of her heart that kind of thing you know and so here he is and he's asking for the girl Jesus went with him verse 24 he's on his way to heal this girl just like the guy says it's going to happen just like he saw it you know it's like you see it in your spirit. That's the way it happens. God will set up the situation for it to happen that way. You know, He'll set it all up so that it happens just like you see it. And so he says here, uh, when when she's uh, um, when she sees this, he talks to this girl. He's on his way to heal her. Once. Jesus says yes to something. In other words, once your faith is there and you've got that peace of God. So once Jesus starts walking beside this man, I'm sure this man is very confident and very peaceful, you know, about it. Oh, gosh, he's got it. He's on his way. You know, when he gets there, you know, my daughter's going to sit up and have dinner with everybody. He's, you know, got it, got it figured out. And so here when they get almost there, though. So, you know, Jesus, while Jesus is is saying he's going to come and heal her at that point point it's the same the same thing is happening when he says that as happened to that fig tree hmm? 
when he says I'll do it when he agrees with it he takes that situation into his hand and no man can take it out see no man can take it out so here Jesus has got that sick girl in his hand while he's walking with the father so really that sickness in her has withered and died already when he spoke the word there you got me whenever he says yes to your promise that thing is dead cursed and the 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 answer is on its way and the answer will get there we got to hold on to faith though the answer will get there i don't care what it looks like in the natural that's how people can be at death's door one minute and the next minute they're up and walking around the cancer's gone you got me because once they ask God if they hold on and don't quit and don't give up and don't lose heart they will get what it is that they're you can have as much faith in God as you want you can get scared and drop it and quit and then pick it back up again you got me? You can have as much faith in God as you want. You can go to the well of faith as many times as you desire and get as much faith in God as you desire. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. You can go and get what you need any time that you need it. And so Jesus walks with this man and he's walking toward touching that girl like he said. And she shall live. The man didn't say anything about what condition she would be in when he got there. He just is holding a picture inside of him in the, in the, in the video of faith. In the faith video in his heart. He's holding a picture of Jesus touching that girl. And her waking up and her living. That's what he's holding on to. That's what Jesus is connected to. Jesus is holding on to the same thing that he's holding on to. In the meantime though, there's this woman that barges in and delays their arrival at the house. So Jesus has to deal with this woman. He's doing all this stuff and talking to her and 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 while he's talking to this lady, somebody else, another mucky muck from the synagogue comes up. So you got to be careful what kind of crowd you run with. See the ruler of the synagogue should have resigned when Jesus showed up. That would have been his best bet. You got me? Old covenant passing away. New coming in. Let's hook up 100% with the new. Because if you try to hold on to the old and the new at the same time. They're going to start conflicting with one another. So here we go. The conflict between religion and spirit. And this is going to happen, folks. If you got any religion left in you, if if somehow your 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 uh, healing is delayed, or or the fullness of the healing gets delayed, the symptoms don't leave all of a sudden. Religion will come back and try to claim you, and tell you that uh uh-uh, don't uh uh-uh. uh I, I knew people tried to get that's them them way out faith people them watchmen over uh uh-uh, don't go over there and listen to them people because I know people have been over there and they didn't do so good. Yeah, got me. And so we have to be careful not to mix religion and faith in God. Because you can have as much of both as you want, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And so here's coming one of his buddies, his his boys from, from the synagogue. 
another guy, uh, you know, uh, he's being hanging around at his house, his peeps. Verse 35, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Your daughter is dead. Why are you still holding on to your faith? Religion comes to disconnect you from faith. That's the main job of religion is to disconnect you from faith in God. Hmm? They can't wait to disconnect you from faith in God. Why couldn't this guy wait until he got to the house to tell him he was going to find out soon enough? See, that's the assignment of religion. He came before Jesus could get there because religion knows once Jesus gets there, is all their show is over. You got me? They'll be they'll be exposed as being nothing, nobody. They'll be put to shame, and but then they can go off. They'll go off and find somebody else they can intimidate, and so. He says, why do you trouble the master any further? And as soon as, as soon as Jesus heard these words. See, the minute doubt creeps up and tries to disconnect you with faith in God, Jesus will speak up on the inside of you. As soon. That's his job. He forever lives to make intercession for us. He is there as our, our mercy seat. You got me? He is ever merciful. He's ever encouraging our faith. And so he, he, Jesus intervenes immediately when this guy, when your faith, when some, when the devil's trying to rob you of your faith, God comes in immediately to encourage you to hold on. Sometimes it's hanging on. Sometimes it's hanging on by a, a hangnail. You know what I'm saying? And you don't have a whole hand on it. But you got a hangnail on it. And so you hang on with whatever you got to hang on with. And so he told him in verse 36. says as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. He said to the ruler of the synagogue. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Believe and don't add anything to it. Believe and don't add, add any works to it. Yes. Believe and not doubt. Believe and not try to twist it and, and modify it based on what you just heard. Right. Just believe. Go back to believing what you said I was going to do for you when you first asked me because Jesus can feel it when our faith is slipping. See, when those words came into that man's ears, they had an effect on his faith. And Jesus felt it. That's why he turned around and said, "Ah, don't you let go of this. Don't you let go. And after that, Jesus wouldn't let anybody else follow him. You know why? Because there was probably more coming. When bad news starts, if he can get an in your door. He going to send more. He's in his cousins, his brothers. Bad News Junior. Bad News Bears. Bad News Chipmunks. Hmm. Huh? Bad News Preachers. There's a lot of them. They'll come over and tell you you can't have certain. You can't do that. You can't. <laughs> right. Just let the, let the you can't stay outside. Hmm. So he told him, don't be afraid, only believe. And he says, y'all quit following us. Got me? When the master tells you to go home, you go home. Mm -hmm. 
Now people say, well, I went to pray for so-and-so and 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 so-and-so said they wanted to come. Well, tell them they can't come. This is your show. You don't have to have somebody there. If you, you know, and I tried to pray for them and, and they took over the prayer. I said, well, that was the point of it. That's why you tell people don't come with you. You don't need no help. Amen. <laughs> you know, people don't know. This ain't a time to be nice to people. You got a dead girl over there you got to raise from the dead. It's no time to be nice to everybody. Every devil. You ought to be discerning enough to know when somebody's manipulating you. Of course, some people like that kind of stuff, but I don't. Especially when you're working for God. You don't put God on hold for some nonsense. You better keep going and, and hope the anointing's there enough when you get there. You know what I'm saying? You're praying for the power of God to be what it needs to be so that you can get the job done. Well, Jesus comes to the house and, you know, they're already having the, you know, the after party or whatever they have, you know, the <laughs> the family meal. Yeah, the casseroles, those who brought casseroles. They've been baking them all day, just waiting for the word, you know, the old death watch people. And when he was come in, he said to them, why are you making this ado and weep? She's not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed at him. It's unbelief religion all of this self-righteousness makes fun of faith self-righteousness always makes fun of faith that's how somebody who's a an accomplished minister can all of a sudden start letting somebody's questionable morality lay hands on them he got me They they mock faith. See, there's there's a mocking of faith somewhere. And and I know they're accomplished and they can preach and they're, you know, in some people's eyes a great man of God. But there's there's a mocking of faith in there. So there's a mocking of what we Pentecostal people do when we transfer power by the laying on of hands. If if you let anybody do that, you're mocking that. See, you're mocking faith and you're mocking the power of God. You got me? You're making fun of it. You think it's a joke because you don't possess it. See, just because you don't possess it, that don't mean it ain't real. And that doesn't mean it's a joke. And that doesn't mean you can let people play around with it like that. Do you understand me? You have to keep holy. See, this is where teachers come in. They teach you the holy from the profane. And they teach you how to keep them separated. And prophets especially get real ticked off when they see people. And see, I've watched him mock the power of God for years. So now it's come to full fruition. You can't. Pretend laying hands on people and pushing them and jumping around and all this foolishness and think you really. Are you kidding me? Jesus died for you to have that. Your nasty, dirty, little mocking self. He died for you to take that on and help somebody. You're going to make fun of it? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
that never comes to a good end. You got me? It never it never ends well. If you don't possess it, get back on your rusty knees. I don't care how many millions of books you sell. If you don't possess the power of God, you get on your knees and find out how to get it. But you don't make fun of it. And try to dirty it up and diminish the power of it in front of millions of people. There are lots of men of God that don't have the power to lay hands on the sick for some whatever reason. But they refrain from making fun of it and, and dragging it down to something that's insignificant. You got to learn where to stop, folks. If you don't have something, you don't understand it, leave it alone. Especially if it's God. Just leave it alone. Jesus told him she was sleeping. Why did he say that? Because she was. Why? Because the minute he got her in his hand, that disease began to wither. So now he's got to do a shake her a little bit and get her up from that. Mm-hmm. Death wants victory, but it's cursed because of faith in God. We could be dead anytime, but our faith in God keeps us going. You got me? We could. It's faith in God passes judgment on sickness, poverty, hurt, religion, anything that is against God's word. Faith in God passes judgment on it. Once Jesus got that father back together again, you know, he's fighting for us. Pressing through that crowd, taking that man with him, making sure his faith is together, keeping all the religious away from him still. You know how some people are when bad news comes about. There's certain people that watch the internet to see when somebody, in, you know, one of God's people is in trouble with something. They'll text you and let you know. Did you hear so and so? No, but I know you need to be praying with your prayer partner. Where you at? I know you need to be reading your word because you ain't all the way healed yet. What you doing? Scouring the internet for bad news, something to indict one of God's people with. You'll never indict us. The blood of Jesus is paid for us against all indictment. Like uh, Gomez Adams said, I was acquitted. (laughs) I've been acquitted. Are you saying guilty or not guilty? But I know I was acquitted. (laughs) (laughs) Who can lay a charge to God's elect? (laughs) I find out in trouble. I'm day in trouble. I pray for them all the more. (laughs) So righteousness caused this girl's sickness to wither. Never to be revived again, folks. It was cursed at the root the minute Jesus said, I will come heal her. All the father had to do, his job was to hold on to the faith that he once demonstrated. It was there a minute ago. Bad news caused it to go down. Jesus brings it back up again. Says, Don't be afraid. Just believe. And we can do it. That's our part. 
he put everybody out all the laughers and the casserole makers and the you know they used to even hire people because you had to mourn for 40 days well the family was pretty much over it a week or so so they had to hire people to keep on crying for 40 days and so that's probably what was there too Jesus threw them all out and he went in he took her by the hand just like the father envisioned it and said daughter arise and straight away she sat up and she walked and they were astonished with great astonishment and they, he told them to give her something to eat now why did he do that heal people eat folks sick people have to convalesce he ain't no hospital he's a great physician see when he does something it's done you don't need to go you know a soft diet clear liquids I remember it from the hospital you know he said uh, at first it's nothing by mouth then it's advanced it's tolerated clear liquids soft foods etc etc and many of them couldn't hold it down because they were still sick when Jesus heals you there's no sickness left in your body got me it's nothing there so go eat and be healed Put you right back. Probably when she got sick, she was getting ready to have something to eat and pushed it away. So he brought her right back to where she was when that sickness gripped her. So <clears throat> Jesus addresses the weakness in our faith and strengthens it so that we can get what we ask for. Over this little girl's life, death wanted victory, but death was cursed by faith in God. He rebukes all grief mourners anybody that believes in death he'll rebuke that so that you can be healed this disease was withered and without strength and Jesus knew it that's why he kept going so and then two they were interrupted by this lady with the issue of blood. So we're going to finish up by talking about her a little. How much time do we have, Miss Juana? I don't want to do two. Tw okay, I don't want to do two tapes today. So <laughs> I'm always trying, folks. Well, I forget we don't have the hour and a half. We got 80 minutes on these things. So I'm, I'm catching up with it. So here the woman with the issue is blood. She starts in verse 25. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years had suffered many things of many doctors so she's a doctor hopper you got me this means she's determined that some man has her answer you can waste a lot of time being determined that some person has your answer the devil likes people like this because he can keep you going getting many surgeries getting this done getting that done getting the other done why because your confidence is in man and spiritual forces actually get in there and begin to guide these people from one place to another you got me when they have a spirit of infirmity 
will couple with a spirit of self-pity and, and get with people kind of like attention and, and all this kind of stuff. And these forces will combine on people and begin to um, help them even though they've been told there's nothing that can be done. You know, and, and now they put it in your ear. You want a second opinion. Well, if there's a second, then there's a third and there's a fourth and there's a fifth. And there's as many opinions as you have money to pay to get them you got me and so when when we when we see that you see that these people are being encouraged along the way somehow by spiritual forces maybe a neighbor uh, feels sorry well you have you tried dr. so-and-so I hear he's pretty good at that you know we'll go here and go there well then there's the Mayo Clinic and then there's the, the this clinic and the Cleveland Clinic and all these different places so you can get caught up in this and go from person to person knowing on the inside there's nothing they can do but you hold out that little grain of hope because your your faith is in man and so faith in man will take you to many, many different places. And I'm telling you, infirmity will guide you. Self-pity will guide you. If you get a little bit of attention when you get in there, that'll guide you. Some of them will even speak uh speak that on you speak on you that you'll you'll keep coming back because uh I've heard plastic surgeons say that because at one time plastic surgeons could barely make a living you know what I'm saying I mean I can remember back in the the 70s in the 80s I worked for a pharmaceutical company and you know you had maybe two pla out of all the surgeons you had two plastics on there and they barely had anybody in their offices because there was a stigma against it then they got into more reconstructive what they call reconstructive surgery so that meant that if you had had an accident or some kind of unfortunate disfigurement they could help you put yourself back together again but most of their work is is voluntary there's nothing physically wrong with these people they're just crippled in their self-concept see they want they think they're going so they can look better and so that thing is taken off but plastic surgeons will tell their patients before they leave they'll say well doctor I'm you know uh, uh, this is this looks good like this you know and they say well remember they say it's addictive plastic surgery is addictive so you'll be back and they come back because there's something else when they look in the mirror there's something else they don't like about themselves and they keep coming back as soon as they get a little extra money couple fifteen twenty thousand dollars extra they come right in and they get something done and so this lady made the rounds like this for 12 years I mean you could stay very busy getting worse and not better and she still goes talk about faith my goodness and see we think faith in God is 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 hard to achieve and he's got all power and he's loving and he's merciful and he's kind and he, he's all these wonderful things and she keeps going to somebody who can't help her and keeps paying them. Amen. Amen. I'd say her faith is pretty strong. It's in the wrong thing but she pretty determined lady. You know, she got a lot of stuff going for her in the right direction, but she's got the wrong source for her help. She says she had this 12 years that suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had, was not better, but grew worse. 
she started listening to something different. Instead of listening for the another doctor to go to, namely she's out of money, they don't want to see her now. That's the best thing that ever could have happened this woman. When you no longer are pleasing to the world and you don't meet the world's standards and the world's requirements, that's an open door for God to help you. That's how we all got saved. Somebody that we knew in the natural wasn't pleasing to us or we got rejected or we were upset or it was a family thing or upset in our security or something like that. So the world had nothing else to offer us and there we found God. Best thing to happen to her. When they can't do anything more for you, you must put all your confidence in God. And so she starts listening to something different than she's ever heard before. And she heard about Jesus. And she said within herself, this is the spirit of faith. When she put her faith in God, the spirit of faith responded to her by telling her what to do in order to be healed. The spirit of faith will always tell you that. And tell you what to do in order to get healed. If you're listening to the word and you're meditating on the word, and you might ask God, well, God, this is taking so long. What else do I need to do? If he doesn't say anything, keep, keep doing what you're doing. See, that word will heal you. And so when, when she comes up behind him and she touches him, that's when her issue of bleeding will stop from all of those 12 years. Just that one touch from God. When we get one word of knowledge, when we get one scripture that stops all the illness right there. I don't care what your symptoms say. That thing stops right there dead in its tracks like that fig tree that was was withered, that was cursed. It withers right away and it begins to die. What we have left over as symptoms are kind of like the last gasp of a dying illness. And if we listen to symptoms, we'll think that that word's not doing anything. But that word has already cursed that thing. And it's withering now. And there's no real vital life in it. And we have to ignore what it looks like and just believe the word of God. And that's what this woman did. She made up her mind she was going to crawl down on on the ground and touch Jesus. And she touched him. It says when she, verse 27, she heard of Jesus, she came behind in the press and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I will be whole. Straight away, right away, it withered right away. With that touch, that point of contact, this was what Oral Roberts referred to as a point of contact. We do that with prayer cloths. That's a point of contact where people release their faith in God and their confidence that God is taking care of this and that they will be made whole. And so she said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away, the fount, right away, the fountain of her blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed when you're healed you know it until you know it you keep doing what you're doing you keep listening to the word speaking the word laying hands on yourself as doubt creeps up you minister more word to yourself until you know within yourself that you are healed and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him when you're healed something goes out of God and comes into you 
I don't care if you're healed by touch, if you're healed by the word, you're healed by a prayer cloth, whatever it is, something of power goes out of Jesus and comes into you. That that place where the illness was has to be filled up with the power of God. And so power of God comes in and begins to mend and repair and heal dead tissue, missing tissue. It'll reconstruct what was destroyed. Oral Roberts had a situation where a boy, or it was a Schombach born with no hip sockets. And the mother had to carry the child there. She brought the child up on the stage. And the child for the first time began to get up and start to walk. God had replaced, had built him some hip sockets and put them in. So whenever you step into that arena of believing God, the minute you touch him, the minute you release your faith and the power of God begins to go into you, that miracle is in process. It's in process. And we have to make sure we don't interrupt it with bad confession, unbelief, anything, listening to people who don't come to us with faith. So she had been been going to man for 12 years. 12 years is the, the, the number, 12 is the number of man's government. See? So at 12 years, 12 years with anybody that ain't helping you ought to be enough. I'm not talking about married people, so you know what I'm saying. Don't get no funny ideas. But <laughs> it's a whole different animal. <laughs> That's till death do you part so you don't get a termination clause in there. Right. <laughs> Oftentimes faith in man includes suffering, you know, for no reason. Because people can't help you, but if you put your faith in them, believe they can, they'll prove to you they can't help you. Amen. And so we putting your confidence in man is, is you know, is, is no good. You get I mean now if, if God sends you to somebody, that's something different. But anybody you you have to put your faith in God. God can use people to help you, but you don't depend on them. You put them under God's authority first. So her illness had gotten worse and worse. So she had no more money. When man dumps you, that's a good place to be. Because you can look up and see God. You know, many times we have faith and confidence, even in ourselves, sometimes beyond having confidence in God. And we have to learn how not to do that. So the spirit of faith, though, has a certain voice. And that's the last thing I think I want to tell you, is the, the, the voice of the spirit of faith. And that's in Romans chapter 10. Verse 6, it says, the righteousness which is of faith. See, this woman believed God and in her heart it was counted toward her as righteousness. So Paul tells us the righteousness which is of faith talks like this. This is how it sounds. Say not in your heart who shall go to heaven or otherwise there's where shall I get somebody to go and do this for me somebody I have to find Jesus like the woman with the issue of blood did and make him come to me and heal me 
You got me? Who's going to go for me and bring heaven down to me? Who's going to do this? He says, faith does not talk like this. He says, faith speaks like this. And he says, the word in verse 8, he says, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, confessing with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and he's Lord of your life, you shall be saved. For the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, deliverance, wholeness, prosperity, whatever you like. So this is the word of faith that was operating in these people. See, and it speaks like this. You don't need God to come down here and do anything for you. You don't need the Jesus to come from heaven to do anything for you. You just confess with your mouth what you believe in your born again heart. And it will be yours. You can have what you say. So this is Mark eleven twenty three, operating for us. Have faith in God. And that spirit of faith will speak to you. That what you confess with your mouth, you can have what you say. You just have to hold on to that faith and that confession. So it talks like that. It calls things that be not as though they are because it speaks from the place where they exist. See, faith speaks from the place in God's heart and his mind where these things exist. In other words, the spirit of faith is on the inside of God, but he dwells in you and he's describing to you what he sees that you've asked for that's yours. This is this way, and it's it's not like we're lying when we say these things. We're merely repeating what the spirit of faith is telling us is ours on the inside of us. Why? Because he's looking at it. He sees it all the time. If you say your your whole household be saved, he sees your kids working for God, living for God, loving God, and worshiping God. Amen. You know, people see some goofy things. That, well, I saw him coming to church with me. No, that ain't the same thing as as seeing salvation for you. Because you you know you understand what I'm saying. You that's a church thing. We talking about a God thing right here. You got me? But when you understand salvation, you understand these people are no longer going to be serving the devil. They're not going to go to hell. They are no longer in the world. Why? Because you've meditated on that word and you've embraced it and made it yours. And now faith is talking to you about what he sees in your future. That's why believers don't need the Long Island medium. We don't need a prophecy every 30 minutes on Facebook. All we need is to get in the word ourselves and begin to understand what God's doing. So it talks on this wise. It talks like this. Don't say who's going to go do it. No, it's in you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. She said, if I touch him, I'll be made whole. And this is what the spirit of faith told her. And this is what she acted on. And this is what happened. It's just that simple. We don't have to complicate it with a whole lot. Well, you know, there's a special diet for, you know, come on now. You ain't going to stay with it no way. I know that's right. <laughs> Most special diets we have, we already involved in them. The ones we going to stick to, we already know. Amen. <laughs> as breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whatever served, and as much of it as I can get. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Oh, just bless it and throw down. <laughs> so she knew in her body that she was healed. That's the nice thing. The Holy Spirit gives you a witness inside that it's done. And so her faith made her whole. So because of the cross we are positioned this way. That the faith speaks to us on the inside. Once it's developed in the word of God. You embrace that word and you make it yours. And after that the spirit of faith tells you when, where, how. And sets it up for you. You'll get to that place where you're supposed to be for the manifestation of that in the total. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us a glimpse of your glory, understanding your word, understanding what's good, understanding what's right, understanding you in a great way, Lord. And we thank you for the privilege of being in your presence, being your children, being able to expect great things from you. And we bless you, we praise you, and we thank you for him, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on.